Praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. It's time for the Gun Guy TV Podcast. Hi, this is Joel Persinger. I'm the Gun Guy. Thank you very much for all of your help and your support of Gun Guy TV. I'm very, very grateful for everything that you do, so please don't stop. We're going to have a great podcast for you today. There's a couple of subjects I'm going to cover that have become well, I, honestly, there's a lot of questions I get on these two things, and I've been getting these questions a lot lately. I suspect because we're getting closer and closer to Election Day and because of threats of civil unrest following the election, no matter who wins, and the civil unrest we see in the news all the time. So the two questions I've been getting a lot this last few weeks are, what about armor? I've gotten a number of those. I got one from a Patreon subscriber the other day about how do you make your house more bullet resistant and armor that you can wear concealed or armor that you wear that everybody sees and what's the best armor and all that kind of stuff? Should I even buy armor? There's all those questions. I'll answer those as best I can. And the other questions are, hey, I just got a gun or I just got a permit to carry my gun or I just got a gun and I live in a state where I can carry without a permit. What are the rules of the road? What can I do? And what can't I do with that gun? So I'm going to talk about both of those in this podcast. As usual, the podcast is split into two sections. The first half an hour of the podcast is available on your favorite podcast player. You can listen to it just about anywhere on your way home, on your way to work. Uh, you can actually see it on YouTube and on the various distribution points for videos. We post a video version there as well. The second part of the podcast is available on Patreon only. Now, before I get started, let me remind you that you can support the podcast if you'd like by simply shopping using our Amazon link. All you have to do is go to our website at gunguy.tv, and whenever you shop Amazon, click on the banner on the top of our website. Even easier, you can go to gunguy.tv, and you can look at that Amazon banner at the top of our website, click on it, and it will take you to Amazon through our Amazon affiliate account. Then if you bookmark that Amazon page and just return to that bookmark every time you shop Amazon, we'll get paid and it costs you absolutely nothing. You can pick Amazon's pocket and help provide some funds to keep Gun Guy TV alive. All right, let's get started. Since I have a feeling that the concealed carry questions are probably the most prominent, let's deal with those first. And then I'll talk about the armor stuff afterwards. So before I even get started, because I'm going to tell you some things that you're not going to like, let me make sure you understand what my opinions are. My opinions are not the law, first of all, and my opinions are not going to be agreed with by most municipalities or most penal codes or most states in the union, and certainly not by the state I live in, in California. So these are just my opinions. I'm going to share those with you in just a second. But let me also let you know that I'm not an attorney, so I'm not an expert in firearms law. I certainly don't know the laws of all 50 states, and I'm not even an expert on firearms law in the state of California. I am a firearms instructor, and I have taught concealed carry licensing courses for more than my own state or two or three different states. I've also taught courses for the issuing of firearms permit to security guards in the state of California for quite some time. So I do know some of this stuff pretty well. However, what I'm going to share with you is less about the law and more about common sense. But before I do that so that I can avoid people getting angry with me and thinking that what I'm telling you about the law is actually my opinion, let me tell you what my opinion is. 
In my humble opinion, the Second Amendment is your permit. You don't need a permit from anyone. You shouldn't have to ask or beg or pay a government agency to be able to exercise a constitutionally protected right. If you want to carry a gun, you should be able to do that. Now, you have to live in a cave if you think that the law agrees with that and everywhere, because it doesn't. Some states are like that, some are not. Likewise, it is my opinion that if you are a criminal and you are in the commission of a crime and you get yourself hurt or killed during the commission of a crime, that's on you. That's your problem. That's not the problem of the person who defended themselves, who shot you, stabbed you, ran you over with a car or whatever. Let me give you some examples that would really fit in today's world. If you're a rioter, looter at what the mainstream media wants to call a peaceful protest, and during that rioting and looting, you get shot by a store owner or a homeowner or somebody who happens to be on the street that you attack, and you are seriously injured or you die, that is entirely on you. You should have made better choices in your life and not been rioting and looting. So that uh, that's my opinion. And if that happens to you as a result of you committing those crimes, you should not, if you survive, you should not be able to sue the individual who shot you, stabbed you, or hit you with a vehicle or bonked you on the head. Likewise, if you die, your family should not be able to sue that person for wrongful death because you were killed during the commission of a crime. That's my opinion. Now, that's not the way the law works in most places. So I'm just letting you know, that's my opinion. Let me give you another example. If you are a rioter, looter, or whatever, and you are stopping vehicles in the middle of the highway or in the middle of the street and then attacking those vehicles with the occupant inside, and you get shot by the occupant through the window or you get run over and crushed by the vehicle, that is entirely your fault. That is your issue. You should not have been attacking this person or their vehicle while they were inside of it. That's the natural consequences of that or at least some of the natural consequences of that, is that you might just get yourself run over and squished by a vehicle. And if that happens to you, that's on you. You should not be able to sue the individuals driving the car. You should not be able to complain about what well, you can complain all you want to, but that the individual driving the car should not be prosecuted or held in account in any way because you were hurt while you were committing a violent crime. So again, this is not the way the law works, but this is just my personal opinion. In my humble opinion, if you are injured during the commission of a crime, that injury, whether it results in your death or not, is entirely on you. And you should not be able to receive any compensation from the person who injured you or the place where you were injured. If you're trying to burglarize a building and you're climbing up on the second floor and you fall and hurt yourself, that's entirely on you. You cannot sue the building owner for that. That's my opinion. Now, in reality, just so that you know, let's, and I, we've gone into the world of opinion here. If you're on your Bible, you can look it up. It's under first and second opinions. You won't find it, okay? But that's, that's my opinion, right out of first and second opinions, all right? But it doesn't fit the law in most places. So be aware of the fact that while we can bandy those opinions around, and I hear these things from people all the time, and they'll complain that the law doesn't match their view of the world and how it should function. Nevertheless, you're going to be held accountable to the law, not to the opinion of Joel, not to the opinion of the gun guy, and not to your own opinion or the opinion of somebody on YouTube or social media or in a podcast. You're going to be held to the law. And this is where people 
get sideways on this stuff, and that's what I want to try to help you with now. I can't tell you what the laws are in every state, but if you simply think through it and use common sense, you're going to save yourself an awful lot of headaches and an awful lot of legal trouble. So with that having been said, and now that you know what my personal opinions are, here's the way this works. And here's some suggestions I would make to you. If you are a new gun owner or you're carrying a gun, or even if you're an experienced gun owner and you just don't know this stuff. First and foremost, I want to remind you that under the law in most places, if not all of them, you cannot defend property with deadly force. You can only defend human life with deadly force. So if somebody's breaking into your truck, you can't go shoot them. Well, he was breaking into my truck. You know, well, that's why you have insurance. Now, again, back to my opinion. In my opinion, if somebody is stealing your truck and they get hurt, that's on them. But that's not how the law works. You cannot defend property with a gun. And where this becomes a big problem is when looters are burning down stores. You cannot defend the store by shooting the looter in most places, certainly not in the state of California. And the reason for that is you are defending property, not human life. And then some people get themselves in trouble with that. Now, I can already see the red rising up from your collar up to your head and the steam coming out of your ears because these people who do these kinds of things are robbing others of their livelihood, destroying their life savings, destroying a business they've maybe had for generations. They're destroying lives, but you can't defend that? Well, you can, but you cannot defend it with deadly force unless you are facing a threat of deadly violence. Most states will define that as a threat which rises to the level of death or serious or great bodily harm. That means hospitalization. You're going to get hurt so badly that you're going to end up in a hospital or you're going to be dead. And if you can articulate that that's the kind of threat you were facing and that's what you believed at that moment, then yeah, you can use deadly force. Absent that, no, you can't. Now, that may be different in some states or other. I don't know. But as far as I know, that's pretty much universal across the United States. Where it really begins to make people angry, and it makes me angry, is when it starts becoming a political type of thing. It's a political event. So the local leaders of a city or a county or a state will allow rioters and looters to destroy businesses, destroy properties, and then not prosecute them. However, if the business owners and property owners defend their property, they will prosecute them. That's the example of the McCluskeys or McClowskies or whatever from St. Louis, I think is where they're from. The people who broke through the gate and were threatening their lives and threatening to destroy their home were pretty much left untouched, but they want to prosecute the homeowners for standing out in front armed willing to defend themselves and their, their home, which in my humble opinion, we're back to my opinion again, first and second opinions there. In my opinion, they have every legal right to do, but I don't know that they have that legal right in that state. And that's why they're being prosecuted. So it is important for you to understand that if you try to defend property with deadly force, you may find yourself sitting in jail for a very long time. It doesn't sound fair, and that's because it isn't. 
But nevertheless, it is the way the world works, and we have to deal with the reality of that. Now, I'm going to talk some more about the other aspects that you need to be aware of in just a minute. Since we're on the subject of guns and defending ourselves, let me remind you that you may find yourself not only in criminal but in civil court if you ever have to defend yourself with a firearm or any other deadly weapon. So I urge you to have some coverage to pay for the legal battle afterwards and also bail you out of jail and the other things that you're going to need. Otherwise, you find yourself the victim of a circumstance and you're trying to get money from GoFundMe or relatives or friends or whatever. Worse yet, perhaps, you're dependent upon a public defender. I call them public plea bargainers because they really don't defend anyone. So I urge you to check out some coverage for that. The coverage I use, I have two companies I use. CCW Safe is one. And second call defense is the other. Now, I want you to know that neither one of those companies provides me anything for free. And I signed up with both companies long before I had any business relationship with them. At this point, I do have an affiliate relationship with both of those companies. So I want to be upfront about that. If you were to use our link and purchase a membership with CCW Safe or second call defense, we will get paid here at Gun Guy TV for your having done that. It won't cost you anything, but we do have an affiliate relationship, and I want to make sure I'm being real with that. That said, I do urge you to check out those companies, and the best way to do it would be to go to our website at gunguy.tv. You'll find, if you scroll down, you'll find banner ads for both CCW Safe and Second Call Defense, and that will take you to those websites through our affiliate link. So if you do decide to use one of those companies, we'll actually get credit. It helps us keep Gun Guy TV going, and I certainly do appreciate that. So check out CCW Safe and Second Call Defense. This podcast needs your help. Send your entire wallet to The Gun Guy, 1313 Mockingbird Lane, Transylvania. Now back to what we were talking about before. I want to remind you that under almost every state's laws, it may be every state, I don't know, I haven't checked, but every one I've ever checked, you cannot defend property with deadly force. You can only defend human life, either your own life or the life of another person. And you can only defend that life if it is facing a threat, a credible, real, in-your-face, immediate threat right now of death or serious bodily harm. In other words, somebody can threaten you and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hunt you down and kill you next week, and you cannot shoot that person because that threat is not immediate. It's not right now. It may be in a week, but it isn't right now. Right now, what you can do is call the cops and say, hey, that guy threatened to kill me next week. And that's really all you can do about it. But if the threat is in your face right now, and it's a threat of death or great bodily harm, then you can use deadly force to repel that or defeat it. Now, keep in mind, if you're defending a third person, typically, in order to defend that other person, then that person needs to have had that right at that moment to use deadly force to defend themselves. In other words, the threat against that person needs to have risen to that same level, either death or serious bodily harm. So you have to ask yourself, would that person, if they had a gun, be able to defend themselves legally? And if they can, then you can defend them. I hope that makes a little bit more sense. This is where a lot of people get in trouble. They're defending property, and that's just not a good thing. 
Use your insurance coverage to defend your property. I will tell you an example. If I'm looking out the window of my house and somebody is breaking into my truck, I'm not going to go out and confront that person because if I do, then there could be a confrontation and I end up shooting that individual. Instead, I'm going to call the police and hope they get here in time. And if they don't, that's why I have insurance. Now, that sounds terrible. You'd like to go out there and deal with it because you like your truck or you like your car or you like your boat or whatever it is, and you don't, and you're, you feel violated that this person is breaking into this or that. I totally understand, and I'm with you 100%, but I'm just sharing with you that my opinion is you should be able to go out and stop that individual. But my opinion does not count. We don't live in the land of Joel's opinion. We live in the land of how the laws work. Check your local laws and make sure, but I almost bet you that you cannot defend property with deadly force. Now, here's another area where people get in trouble a lot. Here's a rule for you. A firearm is not a passport to go places that you would otherwise not go if you didn't have the firearm. Now, sometimes we have to do that because we're a police officer or security officer or our business or work or whatever takes us into dangerous areas. And that's why we have a firearm because we have an obligation to go. If you're a person who, if you're a, a contractor or something and you do a lot of work in tough neighborhoods and yeah, you've got your gun with you, maybe in your truck or whatever, or maybe on you because you're in a tough neighborhood. That's a reason to go there beyond the fact that you just decided to go and you wouldn't have gone if you didn't have the gun, but I'm going to go anyway. For example, I'm just going to, I'm again, I'm giving you the rules of the road for me and you apply them the way you want to apply them. But I can tell you that a firearm is not a passport for you to go do things or go places you wouldn't go without it. So I ask myself as a law-abiding citizen, I'd like to go so-and-so and do such and such. And I say to myself, okay, would I do that if I wasn't carrying a gun? And if the answer is no, then I will not go. And here's an example. I don't personally go to rallies, political rallies. Now, I don't go for a couple of reasons. One is I'm not a people person, so I don't like – it's not that I don't like people. I just don't like people in large volume. So I'd rather watch the ball game on the television than go to the stadium with 50,000 people in it. It drives me nuts. I don't like to be in crowds. I was raised in a rural area where I had a lot of space. So when we go out to Arizona at this off-grid property we bought – and we're 20, 30 miles from anybody, I'm perfectly at home out there, even if I'm all by myself. So that's just part of my nature. I don't like to be in crowds. It, it's, it bothers me. So I won't go to political rallies for that reason. The other reason I won't go is because lately they've become violent in many cases, and I'm carrying a gun. Well, I don't want to bring a gun into an environment like that because that increases the likelihood that I might have to shoot somebody and I don't want to shoot anybody. I don't want to shoot anybody because I don't want to shoot anybody. I don't want to injure someone else, but I also don't want to shoot anybody because I don't want the aftermath in my life that destroys my life after I have done it, even though everything I did was right. Because the question is going to be asked in court. Did you know, did, did your client know that this was dangerous? And if your client knew that it was dangerous, then why did he go? So I want to remind you, a firearm, and if you're in a place where you have to have a permit, your permit is not a passport to go to things you otherwise would not go to if you didn't have the gun. So ask yourself, I carry a gun all the time. I've carried a gun for 40 years. I ask myself, if I didn't have the gun, would I go to that? And if the answer is no, then I don't go because I'm not going to go without the gun. 
particularly if it's a place I wouldn't go unless I had one. And I'm not going to go with the gun because I'm walking into an area where I know I could be walking into harm's way and it's not worth it. There's no reason for me to do that. Now, like I said, if there's some other driving reason for me to go, I have to go for work or I'm going because I'm going to go with my son or one of my kids to help keep them safe because they have to go for work or something along those lines, then yeah, I might go, you know, I'll go do that. I'm going to keep them safe, keep myself safe if that's what I have to do. But absent some driving force reason like that, I just won't go. I'll do something else. So remember that just because you have a gun doesn't mean you need to go someplace where you might have to use it. That's where I think people like Kyle Rittenhouse got themselves sideways. Now, I'm not picking on Kyle Rittenhouse. I think what he did was exactly appropriate. I think he did a marvelous job of defending himself. But you got to ask yourself, why was he there? Well, he was there with his buddies to help defend a business or some businesses and business people that he knew. What's he defending? Property. And then he's got a gun. He takes it to a protests, which have been now historically violent, and he brings a rifle to it. And now the chances of him having to defend himself with that rifle are sharply increased. And as a result, that's ends up what he did. He had to, and he defended himself admirably. I agree, but had he made better choices, he would not now be sitting in jail. He would be home. Now, I want to reiterate that you may not agree with the things I'm saying to you. I understand. Truthfully, I don't agree with the way it is either but it is the way it is. And we have to function within the real world. I don't like it, but it is what it is. As far as I'm concerned, I stand fully in support of a militia showing up to defend business owners and businesses. But I'm going to tell you the way the law reads and the way that it's going to be applied. Most of the time in many, many places, that's a very unwise thing to do because it can land you in jail or prison for a very, very, very long time. Should it be that way? In my opinion, no, but it is. And that's what we have to address. Now, if we don't like that, and I don't, I think that's where we work together to change those laws and to change the politics. Because oftentimes, no matter how much we'd like to say it doesn't happen, Politics interferes with this stuff, and we've seen that now for months where the Black Lives Matter and Antifa protests have been concerned and all these other things. And even in the case of Kyle Rittenhouse, the kid's being prosecuted because of politics and only because of politics, and that much is obvious. So be aware of the fact that that could be you. You know, I see that happen to people, and I think to myself there, but for the grace of God, go I. You know, I've got to make better decisions because I have a wife and I have a family, and I have things I need to pay for and support, and I'm getting to be an old man. I don't want to be sued or prosecuted into oblivion, and I certainly don't want to find myself in jail for the rest of my life. So would I go to a protest like that? No. I told you one reason is that I don't like groups, but the other is I'm not going to go to that because I know there's a very good chance I might end up having to shoot somebody, and I don't want to do that. That's a thinking process I'm going to suggest you use. The gun is not a passport to go do things you otherwise wouldn't do if you didn't have the gun. Now, we'll talk about some other aspects of this in a moment. Very quickly, I want to remind you that the rest of this podcast is actually on Patreon. So the first half hour is free to everybody. 
The second half hour is on Patreon for Patreon patrons only. That's in addition to the video podcast that I do twice a month. I think there's 66 or 67 of those episodes are on there as well. And a whole lot of exclusive videos. I did one today and posts on things that are behind the scenes. All those things appear on Patreon for Patreon subscribers only. That's another way that you can support the podcast and support Gun Guide TV by joining us on Patreon. You can find the link in the description, or you can go to our website at gunguide.tv and look for the Patreon link. Shooting straight and always right on target. This is the Gun Guy TV Podcast. Now, obviously, there's not enough time in a half an hour podcast for me to go through every aspect of concealed carry or open carry or personal protection. I just can't go through it all for you. There's not enough time. So I will leave you with this last thought, and that is that a firearm like a a knife or any other tool to defend yourself is a personal protection weapon. And I call it a personal protection weapon because the reason I'm carrying that weapon is to protect myself and those I love. I'm not carrying that weapon to defend the world or protect the whole world. Now, that's not to say that if somebody's being hurt in front of me that I'm not necessarily going to act. However, it is not the reason I carry the gun. By contrast, if I were a police officer and I saw somebody being hurt, I'm obligated to dive in there and help. If I'm a police officer and I'm at the mall, when somebody starts shooting up the mall, I'm obligated to try to go get that shooter. I'm obligated to step in there and work and do something. However, if I'm not, if I'm just carrying a gun to defend myself, my wife, and my kids, then I'm obligated to defend myself. And if my family's with me, to defend my family and get them out of Dodge. That's my first priority. So I wrote an article about this. I'll refer you to, and we'll put a link in the description. Uh, You'll also just find it on Gun Guy TV. But I wrote an article called, Are You a Sheepdog? And I go into sheep, wolves, and porcupines in that particular article. I don't talk about sheepdogs because sheepdogs, in my mind, are professionals. I've been a professional sheepdog. So if you look at professional sheepdogs, you're talking about the United States military. What do they do? They defend the nation. So they're the sheepdogs. Their sheep are the United States citizens and the people who are lawfully living in the United States and U.S. citizens wherever they happen to be. And that's what the military does. They kill people and break things <laughs> and defend the country. Other professional sheepdogs are police officers. And a police officer's sheep are the people that fall within the jurisdiction of that officer. So, for example, in the city of Chula Vista, the sheep that the Chula Vista Police Department is there to protect and serve would be the people in the city of Chula Vista. And you kind of get the idea. I mean, a security guard, for example, an armed security guard or somebody doing executive protection or sheep are the people they're protecting, whether it's an executive or a family or whatever. They have an armed security guard working at a facility. The sheep are the people who work at the facility, the employees there. Outside of that, that guard's got no responsibility at all. Well, as a law-abiding citizen, my sheep are my wife and my children and my family. That's who I protect. Those are the primary people that I protect. And God help you if you try to hurt them because I will protect them. And you should too protect your, your sheep. Now, if I don't happen to be with them, I'm by myself. I'm not a sheepdog at all. I'm a porcupine. 
Now, the thing I like about porcupines is porcupines pretty much mind their own business. They're just looking to get something to eat today, and they're kind of slow and plodding. That's me as I get older, and they just sort of go along their way. They don't bother anybody. They're unassuming, and they don't want to any trouble. They're not. They're just off looking, foraging around for food to make their living and get through their daily routine, whatever that is, and they want to do that and be unmolested. However, if you decide to molest a porcupine, you're liable to get stuck. And if you don't think that predators have made that mistake, all you have to do is go online and look at uh, references to dogs or wolves or lions or bears being stuck with porcupine quills. Well, that's me. I'm a porcupine. I carry a gun. I carry a knife. I go about my day. I mind my own business. I'm just going about my business each day. I want to do that. I'm kind to everyone. I'm polite to everyone. I want to be unmolested. Leave me alone or you might get shot or you might get stuck. That's what I view myself as when I'm not with my family. Now, if I'm with my family, I'm not a porcupine anymore. I'm a sheepdog. That's the difference. And so if you're not a professional sheepdog, don't act like you are. Keep your priorities straight. That doesn't mean that you can't step up and help if help is needed. That doesn't mean you can't stop a criminal in the act of a crime if it's right in front of you. That doesn't mean any of those things, but it does mean that you should keep your priorities straight. My number one priority when I'm out by myself is to protect me because if I don't protect me, then I can't be there to protect my family. So while I will help, I'm not going to put myself in a position where I can get killed because if I do, now I'm not there to take care of my family and I've failed as a sheepdog in the only little sheepdog role I've got. When I'm with my family, my number one priority is the safety of my family. My personal safety comes after that and everybody else's safety comes even further down the line after that. My job is to protect my wife and my family and my friends if they're with me and get them out of Dodge. If I get injured or killed in the process, but I succeed in doing that, then so be it. I'm happy as a clam. However, I'm not going to abandon my family to go out and face some danger to protect the public. That's not my job. And in doing so, I have now taken protection away from my family. So these are just some concepts to think about if you're carrying a gun around or if you've got one for home defense. Think through it. Understand what you can do legally, what you can't do legally. That's an exercise in maybe taking some courses in your local area and learning about what is legally allowed and what isn't wherever you are. Each state is different. Each city is different. You're going to have to figure that out on your own. I don't know where you are. I know what it is where I live because I teach the course for the San Diego County Sheriff's Department. So I understand what I can do and what I can't do in California. And I've sat through many a legal seminar about it. But outside of California, I don't know. I simply apply California's rules to everywhere because I know California is more strict than everywhere else. And I figure if I'm in Texas, I'm probably good if I just follow California's rules. That seems to work out. However, your area is going to be different. So you got to do your own research. And then you've got to understand the mindset and ask yourself, why do I have the gun? Why do I have it? And if the answer is to defend yourself and those you love, then sit down and make that priority list and decide ahead of time, when will you act to help the public and when will you not? 
And under what circumstances is it more important for you to make sure that you are safe so that you're there for your family or that your family is safe before you act to help someone who isn't a part of that group? Now, like I said, I knew I was going to say things that are going to rankle people and make people mad. I'm just explaining to you the reality of the way life works. So if it makes you mad, I get it. Sometimes it makes me mad too. Well, thank you very much for listening. I think I've wrapped up. I've actually gone a little long in this part of the podcast. I'm going to move on to the next part. We're going to talk about armor and whether civilians should have it or not. I think they should. And exactly how do you use armor? Where do you use armor? When is it applicable? And what's a good plan for your family where armor is concerned? I've worn a lot of armor in my life. I can tell you it's heavy, it's hot, and it's a pain in the butt. So you really have to think through it before you launch into applying uh, a desire to have armor all the time or certain kinds of armor. It's something you want to think through. We're going to talk more about that in just a minute. So if you're on Patreon, stick with me. If you're listening to the publicly available podcast, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for your support. Have a wonderful week, and wherever you go, whatever you do, stay safe. You've been listening to the Gun Guy TV podcast. 